Good morning and welcome to episode 9 of the Elevated Life podcast. I'm Noelle Cuero and I can't wait to start talking about one of my favorite topics today. I guess maybe I always say that when I introduce something, but well, I am bringing up topics that I am passionately interested in that I personally have done a lot of work on for my own self and then I talk about a lot with clients. And the topic today is mindset and fear and anxiety. And, you know, we did a great podcast yesterday uh, with Terry Tillert, PhD, who's such an amazing healer. He really is so bright and educated and in- informed when it comes to helping people resolve health issues, long-standing chronic issues. Him and I have very, very similar beliefs as far as healing goes, and I can't wait to do more podcasts with him in the near future where we're going to discuss lots of different topics and even more so uh, maybe we will continue talking about mindsets and beliefs. But we discussed this yesterday, and I wanted to continue talking about it a little bit because if you heard yesterday's podcast, you might feel like, well, there, I'd love to hear more. Or, you know, uh, maybe you didn't get enough information out of that one podcast. We're trying to keep each podcast uh, between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. I'm aiming for 30 minutes for each podcast because I know people are busy. There's only so much time in a day to listen to a podcast or as, I'm sure you're listening to lots of other podcasts. And also, you know, everybody has uh, limited schedules and free time and attention spans, let's be honest. So uh, my goal is to keep the podcast for 30 minutes and under. Um, on a follow-up from yesterday's podcast, I want to talk about more about fear. And Terry brought up a great uh, point, which is self-love. Uh, because you might not link fear and self-love together, but he really made some valid points with this. And it's, it, it's so true that when we're not truly loving ourselves, just really loving and accepting ourselves deep down. Uh, that has everything to do with our mindset, our beliefs, and fear and anxiety. Uh, I don't know if you know many people in your own life who just always seem content. They don't get too wound up about things. They seem pretty laid back even or relaxed. You're not going to hear them complain very often, if ever. You're going to see how they handle situations pretty calmly and they don't freak out about every little thing or much at all. And I don't know if you know people like this. I'd be so interested, you know, as I do these podcasts, I really love for you to ask questions. I'd love for you to give feedback. Uh, I'd love for you to share your own experiences because that's the point of this whole series that's the point of doing the elevated life it's for for all of us to learn from each other and as a coach personally i really encourage other people to coach each other because that's the most rewarding thing we can do is to help each other out so what i would love for you to do is regarding any of the podcasts leave comments ask questions uh reach out even privately leave messages, go on the Facebook page and interact. It's the Elevated Life podcast. Excuse me, the Elevated Life is the page. 
and uh, ask questions and get involved so we can help each other. But And plus, I'll answer questions. And my experts will be on to a answer questions as well. So self-love is very directly linked to fear. And over the years, I've had a lot of clients who have been very, very spiritual or religious where they really actively follow you know, biblical teachings of Christianity or Catholicism or even Judaism. Uh, and they consider themselves very religious. I mean, they can quote Bible, Bible verses, you know, off the top of their head. They go to church. They, they try to live a very quote-unquote godly life. And yet, even people like this are riddled with fear overcome with fear on a daily basis. Fear almost drives many of these people's lives. And I'm always surprised. I Personally, I'm always surprised. I am not fundamentally a religious person per se. So I'm not going to call myself any one religion. And however, I respect everybody's right to choose religions. And I understand the, the need for wanting to associate with a religion. I understand all of it. And I'm familiar with a lot of different religions and beliefs. But, and I don't, I don't think anybody should be any one way. They should be a way that, you know, makes sense for them. So when I have people who call themselves very religious as clients, and I see how overcome they are with daily fears, especially as it pertains to their own health, I'm always taken aback because I... In my mind, I've always associated people of faith or extreme faith or, you know, consistent faith-based religions to be faithful at like just what it says. Faith is faith. And so when, when people that I work with who are very religious or spiritual are riddled with fear, overcome with fear and just have so many fear-based questions and anxieties that no matter how much they read the Bible or pray, these anxieties just permeate. And I, I, I always wonder why that is. I, you know, I guess it goes back to my own childhood. I always just associated people who are religious with, you know, being very faithful or spiritual or not being very much afraid. And what I've come to find is it's sometimes very much the opposite. Sometimes people who are the most fearful or the most, you know, anxiety-ridden are tied to, you know, they associate themselves as being very religious. So what I like to do is bring up the point, you know, first, firsthand, which is fear and faith can never coexist in the same moment. They completely cancel each other out. You cannot say, I have complete faith, and then in the, in the next breath say, but I'm really scared. You can't say that. It, it cancels each other out. It's like an oxymoron. It's, you know, yin and yang. You cannot have one and also at the same time have another. So if you have fears, whatever your fears are in, you know, at this point in your life, and you wake up with fears and you go to bed with fears and you, you, you know, you have doubts and anxieties and phobias. Just know that you're out of faith. You're completely out of faith in those moments. 
You're completely out of faith. You are not trusting that everything is being planned out for your greater good, which is really what I believe. I believe innately that our lives are played out for our greater good, even though they may not seem like it in the moment. And when you believe that innately, it really allows you to let go of a lot of fear. Because let's talk about fear for a moment. Fear, ultimately, if you break down fear I, and you ask a hundred people, pr probably a hundred of those people will say the ultimate fear they might say it's spiders. They might say it's dying a painful death. They might say it's, you know, their children getting hurt or that their children getting sick or, or not having enough money, not being able to pay the bills. There's so many fears. You could, you could name fears all day long. Social anxieties, speaking in public. These are all fears. But if you break it all down, and you ask somebody, what's your ultimate fear? They're going, to, they're going to acknowledge that it's really the fear of death. Because ultimately, that's what people are afraid of. And as human beings, we've been wired to be, af be afraid of death because that is a survival mechanism. Ultimately, a survival mechanism is to fear death so that we stay alive. I mean, that's, that's ingrained in us to fear death. There's, there's something healthy about fearing death to some extent. It will keep us safe. It will maybe keep us from doing insane things. I mean, that fear is in us for a reason. So ultimately, when you look at fears and you break them down with people, and even if you tried this yourself and you break down all your own fears, it will be disguised as something else. It will be disguised as fear of being broke, not being able to pay the bills, not having a home to live in, not, you know, not being able to pay. It's very often around money, very often around health, and very often around, you know, loneliness, lots of things. And again, add in phobias. But ultimately, at the bottom, at the root of all these fears that are disguised as other things is the fear of death. This is what I have learned. And this is what I believe. And after talking with so many people over the years, I, you know, I've realized that this really is true, is that ultimately, if you take away your ultimate fear, which is dying, just take it off the plate and you go, okay, so let's say you take that ultimate fear, which is death, and you take it off the plate and you say, okay, but you're not, you're not going to die. Now what do you have to be afraid of? So if you break down, let's say somebody, somebody says, you know, but I'm so stressed out about money. I don't have enough money. I never have enough money. I can barely pay my bills. I can't get a better job because I don't have the car to get to the better job or they're never going to hire me. I'm not qualified enough or I don't have enough skills and I can't go to school to get more skills because I don't have the money to go to school and it's this you know vicious cycle of victimized thinking and I know that's not putting it very nicely but it really is it's 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 a, an imprisoned way of thinking that we learn we all learn our way of thinking it's usually something that's that we grow up with hearing which is oh you're never going to be able to afford that 
You're never going to do that, be able to do that. It, you can't get a car like that. That car's for people like that. Those people have cars like that. Those people have homes like that. Those people go on vacations like that. So you start to just associate yourself in another category that you would never have a car or home or be able to be on a private plane or go to exotic places. It's just not something you could ever do. So you lower your standards a little bit and then you go a little lower and you go, well, I got a great job. They're paying me X amount every year and every year I'll get like a 5% raise and then and, and you sort of settle in that even though maybe that job isn't something you like, but you spend eight, nine hours a day going to that job because that's what pays the bills, but it barely pays the bills. And you're spending all your time away from your family because you're working to pay the bills, but you're barely paying the bills. And then on and on it goes. And that leads to a lot of fears, you know, that leads to this feeling of always feeling not good enough, like you haven't done enough, like you're not accomplishing enough, you're not, you don't have enough money in the bank, you should have way more money saved by now at this point in your life. I hear that a lot. You know, I'm, I'm this age and I should have already saved this much and I should be at a different place in my life and I should have accomplished so much more and we're still struggling. And so those are all fears. You know, those are, all, that's just a fear-based mindset. And believe it or not, it may not seem like it, but that mindset can be traced back to the ultimate fear, which is death. And it might seem like you can't connect the dots by me explaining it the way I did, but it's true. So if you take away, so when I talk to people and I, and I kind of walk through this whole story that we tell ourselves, uh, and we break down the different sections of that story, the different chapters that we, we all create stories for ourselves. We write different stories for ourselves. And when you break down all the different chapters, you see how they're all connected back to the main fear, which is death. But if you take that main fear off the plate and, and it's not part of the equation, wow. Let me tell you something. Things free up so much. So I like to give different scenarios to somebody like what, what if you had all the abundance in the world at your fingertips, what would you see that as? And a lot of people will see abundance immediately as money because to them, that's what abundance means, money. Because if somebody's never had much money in their life, abundance will seem like money to them. If somebody did grow up with a lot of money in their life, that by all means has nothing to do with how fearful somebody is. Somebody can have all the money in the world and be the most fearful person you've ever met. So money doesn't have anything really to do with fear. I'm just using money as an example. But a, somebody who grows up without money or doesn't have much of it will see We'll, we'll, we'll see, hear abundance and think of money. Somebody who has all the money in the world but doesn't feel that good will see abundance and probably associate abundance with health. Another scenario would be somebody who doesn't have a family or knew, who has never really felt very loved will maybe see abundance as love or nurturing. So everybody's going to have a different view of abundance. That's why I love the word abundance because abundance can mean whatever you want it to mean. It can mean whatever is an abundance for you. And what if you 
wake up in the morning and you see that your day for that for this day and you go I have all the abundance surrounding me that I need I always have and I always will I just ha maybe haven't tapped into it yet maybe I just wasn't realizing it yet maybe I didn't see it yet maybe I didn't I've never really felt it because nobody taught me how to do this or showed me how to do this or maybe I don't know anybody in my life that even feels very abundant so I don't even know that's possible and that's very true a lot of people don't even know people who feel abundant because in general a lot of people don't a lot of people are living with this feeling of lack and lack and fear are one and the same feeling a feeling of lack and never enough is the same as fear. It really is. Because when you wake up and you go, I just can't, you know, my, it's my kid's birthday. They really wanted this toy. I can't afford it. I can't get it. I don't have the money. That's lack. And that, that is fear. That's basically being afraid of what that means, you know, what it's going to mean for your child that sets up anxiety, that sets up disappointment, that sets up, you know, feeling bad that you can't give your child what they supposedly want. Now, another way to look at that same exact scenario is I, my child wants a toy that I cannot afford in that moment. I'm going to get them something even better that's different that they're going to, that they didn't even know they wanted. I'm going to remind them of the abundance in our lives that is surrounding us. I'm going to show them or do something more fun and make it an active participation. You can change your energy around it. So the minute you have a thought like, well, I don't have the money, I cannot afford to buy him a toy, but I do have all these other options I, today. I do have all these other options. I have all these other resources that I just didn't even see as resources. I have an opportunity to take them somewhere, go somewhere, spend time with friends. There's so many other, there's always other options. It's just a matter of how you choose to look at that scenario. And that, that's what fear is. Fear is not trusting that this situation we're in right now is being played out for a greater good. I always trust that every single scenario in my life is being played out for my greater good. That has given me over the years so much peace of mind and happiness and contentment in situations that would have otherwise possibly broken me. Because no matter how difficult or challenging or stressful or disappointing a situation is, you can always look at it for the immediate of the immediacy of what it is like my car broke down oh my gosh i don't have the money to fix it how am i going to get to the shop i can't even get a tow truck i don't have my warranty just expired what am i going to do now so that's a situation i'm sure a lot of people could relate to that would stress out most people now i can't get to work and now i'm going to get fired and now i'm i just don't have the money to fix my car 
So you could look at that situation as what it is, which is my car broke down, I don't have the money to fix it, it could cause all these other problems because of I can't get to work, and etc. Or you can look at that situation, react to it for a minute and go, I can't believe this happened, I'm really upset by it, but I have all these other options now. So what would the other options in that situation be? Where my car breaks down, I don't have the money to fix it. Well, I do know somebody that could probably help get me right now. Worst case scenario, I can always take the bus. I can figure out a way to maybe get a warranty that I can afford that will be able to pay for something like this. I'm sure I can work something out with the mechanic. Maybe I have to borrow some money in the moment but maybe I really need to look at how do I create more money for myself so that I don't feel like I'm always struggling with money. I can look at other ways to bring in income, maybe even start to look for a closer job to my house or somewhere that I can use my skills more. I mean, there's a million resources now at our fingertips every minute of the day to adjust things for ourselves. We can look up anything at any time that we want. So we can kind of reframe a situation like that and think, well, my car broke down. I don't have the money. I can't get to work. It's going to cause all these problems. Or, well, maybe I'll be able to get a new car now. Maybe I'll be able to, maybe I could just let go of this car or sell it and take that money and just get a new car and get an even lower payment or something, or just maybe buy a real cheap old car and get a good warranty on it. So that's what I mean by always trying to look at other scenarios in every situation. Because if you're not gonna die, and we know you're not going to die, that which is the ultimate fear, you can trace every bit of anxiety back to, I'm not gonna die, okay, I'm not gonna die. So let's handle this in a way that it actually turns into a better situation than we ever thought. Because really, that's usually what happens. Not usually, it always does. If everything's always being played out for our greater good long before we actually see that happen, and you trust that, and you have faith, trust and faith, that everything is being played out for our greater good, no matter how awful the situation seems in the moment, then you already know that, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought I want, but I guess it is what I want to need because in a week, I'm going to look back and go, now I get why that happened. I get it. Now, how many of you listening have ever had that happen? Where you look at a scenario at the moment and just can't believe how horrible it is or awful or stressful or disappointing it is in the moment. And then a week or two later, you look back and you go, now I understand why that happened. I get it. I'm actually so thankful that happened because if that hadn't happened, then I never would have, you know, let's use the car. I never would have got been driving the new car I'm driving right now or had the had an opportunity now to get an even better job because I'm sick of making that amount of money that leaves me always feeling broke. So now I want to now I'm looking for an even better job because I know I could get a better job. So that's what happens. Just like Fate and faith are very similar. Fate and faith. Fate, if you want to call it that, and faith. So faith and fear cannot coexist in the same moment. 
afraid of what if, what could possibly happen. Or always trusting that the best situation is unfolding right before our eyes before we even realize what it is. The best case scenario is always being played out for our greater good. We just don't always see it or realize it in the moment and very often we rarely do. However, you can change that all around. If you choose to see the little little seeds of miracles being planted for us every single day in thousands of little moments throughout the day. If you start to see those little seeds, those little miracles that are being planted for, for us every day for our greater good, then you cannot believe how differently your life starts to unfold. And then the, the options become endless and your mind goes from one square inch in what you're seeing in the, in the viewfinder, it's one square inch to two square inches to three square inches to four square inches and your viewfinder just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as you see the little miracles that have always been happening for you. They've always been being played out every single moment of every single day. It's just you weren't seeing these miracles. You were seeing the things that weren't going wrong as opposed to the things that were going right. And that's what we, we become trained to do if we grow up that way. So we're trained to see the problems and not the solutions necessarily. We're trained to see the things that are going wrong and not the things that are going right. So we wake up in the morning and we have water to drink. We can use the bathroom. We can brush our teeth. We, can, we, feel, we feel pretty good. We're not really sick. Those are all things that are going right. We have clothes to wear. You know, we, we have a car to get into and drive. We have a little bit of money in our pocket. And then we're driving to work and, ah, oh, there's an accident. Can you believe it? There's an accident. I'm going to be late. I cannot even believe there's always an accident. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's what we focus on. We focus on the one thing that went not our way or seemingly something that we think didn't go our way. And yet that accident, if you believe everything's being played out for our greater good, that very accident that's slowing us down or getting us late for work could be the very accident that's preventing something terrible from happening later on in the day. Because now we're five minutes behind or 10 minutes behind. And if we are 10 minutes ahead, what if something else might have been playing out that wasn't so great? So that's why you start to look at that, that is even the things that are annoying or that are not what we want in the moment are actual blessings, blessings in disguise, miracles being planted for us all day long. And if you stop looking at everything as good and bad and worse and worse, more worse and the worst case scenario, if you start looking at things like that and start looking at things as, okay, everything's always being planned out and played out for my greater good. Fate and faith are always working in my favor. Miracles are being planted all day long for me. I either choose to see them or I don't. So now we're in an accident. I mean, we're slowed down by an accident. We, you know, I always think, wow, I hope the people in that accident are okay. And I've stopped thinking about my own selfish inconvenience. And I think about the people that maybe, you know, I hope they're okay. 
then we get on with our day and then we go to work and work is great and we have some fun and we meet some, you know, we interact with some people and things go well and we, we, you know, we got uh, some, you know, praise for some work we did well done and, you know, we go out to lunch and we come back home and everything's going well and, and then, oh no, the stove doesn't work. The stove broke. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to fix that. I can't believe that. That just just figures. I can't believe this happened today of all days. This is the worst time because we're having guests over in two days and they're, we need the stove to work. And so that's one way to look at it, right? And you see where I'm going. I'm making all these examples. But we could take that stove scenario where the stove breaks and it's very inconvenient and we just use it as an opportunity to eat food that doesn't need cooking perhaps in that moment or maybe get something to go or you know, realize that to get a stove fixed is no big deal. And maybe it's time for a new stove. And it's all okay anyway, because it will all be taken care of. It will all be handled. If you're able to look at it that way. If you're able to look at every scenario as being played out for a greater good. Fate and faith are always intervening for a greater good. So I want to use this example when it comes to health. Because this is really hard for people. It's very, very, very hard for people to get out of fear when they're worried about their health. And I'm not a worrier. I never have been. I don't worry about things. I never, ever have put my energy into worry. It's always, in, personally for me, seemed like a big waste of time. I've been like that since I was a kid. It's not that I never had anxieties or fears or whatever, but I just don't spend a lot of time worrying. And I, I, it's just not my personality. I always just have this feeling like it'll be all right. So if I was that mom with my kid and they're running around and another parent goes, oh my gosh, you got to watch your kid. They could get, they could get run over by a car or a tree could fall down on them or, or they could really hurt themselves or they could fall off and break their neck or they could, you know, I was just never that parent. That was just never me. I, I, I just, I understand those parents. I understand because they're not, living in faith and they're very very fearful that's okay i've never been a fearful parent i just i luckily both my children both 18 and 12 now have gone through life without broken bones or hospital visits and we've been very you could call it lucky but i've also been a very um non-worrying parent i just haven't worried about what if they catch this what if they get this what if they get sick what if what if this happens to them? What if they go out with their friends and this goes? What if they're at the, the I just have never spent any of my time or energy in that. I try to focus my time and energy on what I want. I try to focus my time and energy on creating things I want and need. That's what I, it's more fun. It's a lot more fun. And that's why I do it. I, I try to have more fun with my life. And so that, that makes things more fun for me. And when it comes to health, there's a tremendous amount of fear around one's own health because they don't understand healing. They don't trust the healing process. They've been taught not to trust the healing process. They've been taught not to trust their body. So they're very fearful around their health. They're, they're afraid that, oh no, the doctor's gonna have to give me a drug, I'm gonna have to take a drug or a medication, or I'm gonna have to have surgery. They don't trust that their body can heal, they don't, they have never learned the techniques, they haven't learned the information that 
it's readily available for all of us now for free, but a lot of people just haven't taken the time to educate themselves on how powerful their body is at healing. If you do the right things, if you know what to do to allow your body to heal, the body will pay you back tenfold and heal all day long for you. But most people don't learn how that works. They don't trust how it works. They don't understand how it works. So it's very scary, which is why I love talking about healing because healing isn't scary. Healing is empowering. Hearing t healing takes you out of fear mode. That's why I love talking about how the body heals because it takes people who are very, very fearful and not in faith at all in regards to their health. They might be in faith when it comes to, you know, quoting Bible scriptures, but they're, when it really comes down to it, they're not in faith when it comes to their health and their body. They're not. They've separated that out. It's, they've compartmentalized, they have compartmentalized their faith. The faith is good for some things, but not good for others. And when it comes to healing and health, faith is very often absent. So I like to bring people back to faith and remind them that the body, if you're not going to die, take again, take death off the table. Take death off the table. You're not going to die. You're going to be okay. You might suffer a little right now. You might be in pain. You might... So you might be in pain a little, you might be suffering a little, you might be struggling a little right now, and it might not be fun, but if you're not gonna die, you can take that huge fear off the table and that you're gonna be okay, you're going to recover, your body will heal, your body is gonna perform miracles for you. You are going to see for yourself 10 times over how powerful your body is if you start loving yourself and honoring yourself and nurturing yourself and giving yourself everything you deserve in life in abundant amounts. Because if you wanna write a story for yourself, why don't, you, why don't you start with a new story today and start with chapter number one. I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been because I'm going to start changing my mindset. I'm going to start trusting that everything is being played out for my greater good every minute of every day, that miracles are being planted before me thousands of times a day in thousands of different moments. I'm either choosing to see the miracles or I'm not. I'm either choosing to take advantage of all that's being offered to me. I'm either choosing to see all the possibilities for my life every minute of every day or I'm not. These are choices we all have the ability to make. That's why I always say we're always, we're either as free or as imprisoned as we want to be in our minds. Freedom is in the mind. And every day you have the opportunity to create any single thing you want for yourself. And you start doing that through action. You want the best body you've ever had? Start doing some push-ups, five minutes of push-ups. Break out of the old patterns. You wanna feel the best you've ever felt? Start putting real nutrients in your body. Start with a glass of fresh juice every day. You wanna have more money than you've ever had? Start by changing your mindset about money and understand that all the money in the world is available to you if you believe it and if you start doing things you love Start doing things you're passionate about. Stop spending nine and 10 hours a day doing things you don't love and wasting time at a job 
just so you can get quote unquote health care insurance, which is really sick care insurance, because how many people do you know that keep jobs they hate just for the insurance, which makes no sense for me. They're wasting 60% of their life doing something they hate just so they can pay for insurance for the day they can get sick. And that insurance will not even pay for everything anyway. It's only going to pay for a small percentage. And that insurance isn't going to cover anything for your well-being or true health. It's only going to cover insurance for when you're really sick or damaged. So you're basically living your life with, with this what-if scenario, working at a job in, for the what-if chance that I need to use my insurance. And that's a lot of people. A lot of people have jobs just for insurance. That makes no sense if you really think about it logically. Think about how crazy that is. Instead, take that knowledge, your resources, your brain, and put it towards not needing re insurance by strengthening your body making your body healthy, understanding how the body heals. You won't feel like you need to spend thousands of dollars a month on insurance you know, because you'll be taking care of yourself. Those are some few tips for now because this podcast has now gone over a little bit of 30 minutes. And again, I could discuss fear and mindset all day long. And perhaps we'll do the episode tomorrow to continue on this subject and give some more examples of how we can shift our thinking from fear-based mode to positive mindset mode and you don't have to feel like you're living in in fear anymore it's very easy to get out of fear very 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 easy and I want to leave with I wanted to leave you with a positive quote. So I'm going to get you this quote now. Here's the quote from Abraham Hicks, one of my favorite thought leaders of our time. The realization that something is not as you want it to be is an important first step. But once you have identified that, the faster you are able to turn your attention in the direction of a solution, the better because a continuing exploration of the problem will prevent you from finding the solution. The problem is a different vibrational frequency than the solution, and all thoughts or vibrations are affected by or managed by the law of attraction. So in other words, keep putting your attention towards the solution. Keep putting your mindset towards what you want. Keep creating what you want. The more you do that, the more you get out of fear mindsets. The more you realize that solutions and abundance start to play out much more frequently for you than the problems. If you start changing the way you look at the opportunities in your life, the miracles that are being put forth every single day for you to see, you're either seeing them or you're not. And I want you to start seeing them. And that will begin to get you out of a fear mindset. And until tomorrow, thank you for joining me on The Elevated Life. I'm Noelle Cuero, and I hope you have an amazing day.